0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest today, Pastor Ross Collette. He used to be the assistant to A.A. Allen, pastor's Deeper Life Ministries in Roseville, Michigan. Pastor Ross, welcome to the Warning Radio Program.
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, i tell you, a mutual friend of ours, Shannon Davis, told me about you, and I love people that move with the Holy Spirit and A.A. Allen and, and you, and it's just a pleasure to work with men and women of God that actually obey the Great Commission, obey when Jesus said, go, tarry until you're endued with power from on high. It's a pleasure working with people like that.
1: Well, God bless you. There are getting to be fewer and fewer of us, unfortunately. I went to work for Brother Allen when I was 18 years old, and I had been working with him since I was 14, but uh, it was not on the road or not at Miracle Valley, but he actually walked up to me in a a meeting in Chicago, in Cicero, in South Chicago, and uh, he saw me going through my notebook. I was making notes on what Shambach had preached in the afternoon service. And uh, he said, what are you doing? And I I said, well, I'm making notes. And he, he saw my notebook, and he asked to read through it. And we sat in the back of the tent when I was 14, and he read through all of my sermon book, and he liked how I did my sermons. And so from that moment, he always kept tabs on me, and he told me when I get to be old enough, he would like me to come to Miracle Valley and travel with him. And so that's exactly what happened. It took a few years <laughs> but I graduated from high school when I was 16 and so I was ready to go by the time I was 17. Wow. And uh, brother Allen asked me if I would to go to Miracle Valley Bible College for at least one semester. He said if you go one semester, he said then I can take you on the road and tell everybody you're one of our Bible school students. And I said it works for me, I'll do anything. <laughs> and uh, So, Brother Allen, I never knew my real father, so Brother Allen became a father to me, and he treated me as a son all of the rest of his life. I'll never forget the experience. It was wonderful.
0: That's tremendous. How many years then did you travel with him?
1: Actually, travel was 10 years. Well, nine years, from 61 to 1970. And he passed away in 1970 in June, by the way. So, you know, I traveled all that time with him, and... uh, We actually uh, preached uh, literally from the Philippines to Europe and all across America. I don't know how many times we crossed the country in tent meetings and auditorium meetings. But I absolutely think it was a great experience for, uh, I wish everybody in the ministry could have an experience like that.
0: Well, I know there's a transfer of anointing like Elisha and Elijah and, and Moses and Joshua. There's a transfer of anointing, and I know his life traveling with him had ramifications for the rest of your life, I believe.
1: Definitely. Um, I can't claim the the mantle of A.A. Allen. <laughs> yeah. I know many people have, but, you know, Brother Allen was, uh, he would take his coat on double port. We had a night we called double portion night. And uh, he would take his coat and he'd hold one side of it, one arm, and I'd hold the other arm, his suit coat. And we'd have people march under that and uh, let everybody touch it. And they uh, they either claimed the double portion or they just thought it was another blessing. I don't know. Wow. But I would like to say I have the anointing of Brother Allen, but I failed to minister anywhere in the same intensity and category that he did. Although we have, I can't tell you the number of miracles that we have. The most recent one, that was this past Sunday, a woman with a blind eye, she came in With a patch over her right eye the lord led me to pray for her and within minutes she took that patch off and she started saying i can see i can see i'm I'm well so god is still doing miracles in that same service by the way and this is past sunday there is a young boy a pakistani boy uh, now he's about a year and a half old but he was born with one foot turned all the way around backwards and the other was what they used to call a clubfoot. I don't know the modern terms for it. But God straightened his feet out. And they come to church and their parents are so embarrassed because they can't hold him down. He, he's up and he wants to run and get around in the church. And uh, so that, I mean, that's an obvious miracle that God has done. And so the days of miracles, as some people have been so happy to say, the days of miracles are over. They're not. It's just that people are not aware that God. God is still doing this, because uh, you know a lot of people preach about faith, but they don't demonstrate any faith. And you know that Paul said the kingdom of God is not in word, but the kingdom of God is in power and demonstration of the Spirit. Amen. And without that demonstration, they're nice words, and you know you can be inspired by good faith sermon, but uh, more people are inspired when you lay hands on the sick and they recover, when the lame get up and walk, and the blind see. And the deaf hear and people are saved because that is a sign to the unbeliever and they give their heart to the lord when they see everybody in my church by the way is a result of a miracle that happened through my ministry in their life and that's why they come here and that's why they're loyal here and that's why we never shut down during the pandemic we couldn't because we had too many people uh, wanting to have church and so we thank god for that every day
0: Well, the need itself uh, during a pandemic, so to speak, the need itself. Wasn't it, wasn't
1: it, yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but wasn't it ironic that we used to advertise, bring the sick for prayer, and now, since you have the pandemic, stay away and sequester yourself.
0: I I know, I know. It is ludicrous. It is ludicrous. Yeah, it certainly uh, is. I know in our ministry, I travel to the nations, work with all of the churches and work with governments and church leaders. Leadership is responsible for the blessing or deterioration of a nation, and that's why we are supposed to be making disciples around the world. I'll tell you what, during this control, so to speak, they used it to try to control our freedoms, our liberties. They're using it to try to control people's liberties all over the world. They're trying to push in a new world order. But I, like you, I would not close down. We have a staff service, but I actually advertised I asked pastors, don't close down, don't obey these tyrannical laws and policies. (laughs) Jesus said to lay hands on the sick. So I would advertise, even though it was a staff service, this is my location. If you have COVID, come and we will lay hands on you and you will be healed.
1: That's right. Absolutely.
0: So I I I like you. I believe in miracles. I just finished a six-week tour, 25 states, and I could tell you story after story of miracles, but I want to be interviewing you, not me. But I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're right. Miracles wow. are for Excellent. today. They're for now. Excellent. Yeah. We, and, saw a lady um, who, we saw a lady, a crippled lady, and hunched legs all the way up. And after commanding it for 10 minutes, we could see each leg continue to grow until she was perfect. And obviously, the crowd went wild seeing a miracle. But wow. this is the God we
1: serve, Pastor Ross. Yes, it is. Absolutely. God is a miracle working God and his word has never changed. He doesn't change his word, doesn't change his mind, doesn't change his will, doesn't change his love. He said, "I do not change." Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not destroyed, consumed. The obvious scripture that follows that is Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever. If we can hold on to that one thought and not buy into the story that, you know, the days of miracles are past, and obviously, they're not. The reason it seems uh, that more people used to be healed is because we didn't have health care so available. And now when people turn to God, it's kind of like a last resort. When I was young, the first thing my mom did was pray. Yeah. No matter what happened, the first thing she did was pray. I agree. And uh, I agree yeah. with you.
0: And uh, Now it uh,
1: seems to be the last thing. That's
0: exactly right. And Jesus said, when, before he returns, will I find faith? Not only did people turn to the Lord much quicker, but uh, we're in a stage where the church has been compromising and the truth is continually being diluted. And uh, Deluded. many pastors are not speaking to the church
1: anymore, Pastor. I know it. The largest church in town here no longer has, quote, a service. Instead, it's music, and then they divide into meetings for different groups, which is fine. I, you know, I, I don't think that that is a bad thing. I just think, you, know, I always keep the picture in my mind of, even when I walk into the pulpit today, I still picture A.A. A. Allen with a microphone in his hand behind a pulpit, you know preaching. You know, the first thing we used to do when we made his sermons, we started out with him quoting at least 10 scriptures to start with. Before he started his sermon, I mean, you didn't know which way he was going to go. I mean, except that it was positive and powerful. And But we use the scripture to motivate people to believe in the word of God. Can I give you a testimony, a personal one? Please. The last September, just before my birthday, my grandson came in and found me passed out in my apartment. And he uh, called the ambulance. They rushed me to the hospital. I was dead on arrival. A matter of fact, the form that I got a copy of, it said DOA, and they revived me. And they put me on a ventilator for five days, and they revived me three times while I was on the ventilator. And I developed sepsis somehow in my body, poison throughout all my body. Finally, you know, my wife wouldn't give up. Uh, when I first woke up, a lady in my church who was a nurse at the same hospital, her name is R- Renee King, She came over and she brought a a handkerchief that I had given out that I had written on it. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 17. And she laid that on me. And so we believe in the prayer of faith saving the sick. But when I couldn't help myself, God raised me up. And even though I missed four months of preaching in my own church in order to uh, completely recover, even my doctor Dr. Jacobs, God bless the man. And I thought his name Jacobs, I thought he was Jewish, but it <laughs> turns out he's a he's a Born again Christian at Ascension Hospital. But what he he got me a t-shirt on it and in front of it says I am a walking miracle. And I said, "You're bragging on God, not your own self, right?" And he said, "Of course I'm bragging on God." <laughs> but God looked a complete, you know, I mean it sounded like I'm a walking miracle and I was his patient, so, you know, but no, he said, "All glory and honor to God." But God actually healed me and brought me back. And the people that knew me here in my church, they knew that they had witnessed a miracle because of my life. Wow. And I always give glory to God, almost the first thing I say, because, uh, you know, to me, you know, I was gone. I wrote uh, the first five sermons that I preached after I came back were the visions, the five visions that God gave me. I, I call them my coma visions. Wow. But, um things that that I saw and things that uh, God did for me and uh, um, anyway I'm so thankful just to be alive and to talk to you my brother <laughs> well, <laughs> there's so few of us that believe in miracles I'm so thrilled to talk to you God bless you
0: well I'll tell you what it's my my honor and pleasure to talk with you and uh, tremendous what you just said I want to I want to I want to listen to those five sermons I'll tell you that right now <laughs> but uh, I've I've told people uh, you know uh, uh, I don't want to hear pastors without testimonies. I, I don't need to just them read me a story from the Bible. I can do that at home. If they don't have testimonies, yes. something real, uh I don't need to I don't need to come and listen to them. I want reality. We are serving a God of reality, not just storytelling.
1: Pastor Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I still believe um, you know, the first sermon I ever heard William Branham preach, I was, I was just a child. And, um, but he preached a sermon from uh, John, the first chapter, the 11th and 12th verses. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And uh, from that moment on, I realized that being born again, I was actually a son of God. And to be filled with the Holy Ghost was to be filled with the power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. We've, if we really receive the baptism of the Holy, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, almost all the Pentecostals that I know, uh, they've stopped preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, they've, they, they've, uh, they've gone other directions, but the most important thing that ever happened in my life was that moment that I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because then... I realize what Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. And it's good for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, he shall abide in you forever, and he will call all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, that was Jesus' promise in in John the 14th chapter. And I I believe that God wants us so much to be filled with his spirit so we can do the works that Jesus did. We can lay hands on the sick. We can walk on the water. We can calm the storms. We can do, and I mean literally, not just metaphysically or spiritually, Uh, I literally believe that God expects us to do this with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not just simply an unknown tongue which is wonderful. God bless everybody that has spoken in an unknown tongue. But that is not the end result. Amen. That is a beginning result. Exactly. And uh, what God wants you to do is, you know, uh, somebody asked me the other day, he said, what do you want me to do, Brother Ross? I said, I want you to go clear out the fourth floor of the hospital over here. (laughs) Heal everybody. Amen. (laughs) Get, Get them all out. Amen. Do like Jesus did. Take up your bed and walk. But um, uh, I, I sincerely believe in what I'm saying. And uh, this, uh, you mentioned, asked me about AA and, and Brother Allen, he, ta- he lived this. He taught this. Uh, here, here's a little aside. Uh, I mean, this is just something that I, I don't tell anybody. But um, uh, we'd, when we would go from meeting to meeting, we'd get in the car together and a lot of driving back in those days. And we'd be there. And Brother Allen would say, now, we're going to revelate for a while. And what he meant by that is, he gave me a scripture, and I had to give him a scripture that went along with it. And we'd and he'd he'd come back with another scripture, you know, just like you're flowing through a sermon. And uh, we would drive for miles doing that, and uh, it kept me on my toes. And I'd try to find scriptures that he'd never, <laughs> like I could, that that you know he'd never used before or didn't use often. Uh, but he would always have have an answer with another scripture that just fit hand in glove in that. I wish people more people would do that today. Well, I'll Nowadays, take, you quote a scripture and not so many people even. Is that in the Bible? You know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, the word of God is not in their heart because, again, they don't love their first love. I mean, we're in serious times. Again, Jesus said, will I find faith when I return, well, I find faith. Well, I find That's faith. That's right. And we're in we're in serious times in America. I know I've I've led now kicked off Eagles Saving Nations. It's based on the third person of the Trinity. Get back to reality. Get back to Pentecost uh, to wake up yes. Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the United States of America today. Uh, That's right. The goal is the whole conferences focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching. Allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost, others constantly yes. overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to yes. leave these conferences encouraged, refreshed, and strengthened with a power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. We're trying to get into national football stadiums, uh, basketball arenas, etc. Once again, getting back to reality, getting back to being filled with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ross?
1: I know that um, exactly what you're saying is true. Um, that, that meeting that I went to Brother Allen's that I told you about when he read my sermon book, we had actually gone not to see brother Allen in Chicago. We had actually gone to see a man that nobody knows nowadays. His name is William Freeman, but he had the soldier field in right at, uh, on Lake drive in Chicago. He had had, he had had it rented for three months that summer. And he was having tens of thousands of people and around in front of the stage. And, uh, they were all am- uh, ambulances that brought wheelchairs and stretchers and people given up. And there would be like a hundred people out there that he would minister to and people would drive home in the, am- or even send the ambulance home and ride with their family home uh, because God was healing so many people. And somebody said today that will not draw a crowd anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, what do they preach then? I believe that, you praying for people, you, uh, my brother, and me praying for people, it will fill auditoriums. It will fill, fill arenas. And there's not a tent big enough to hold the crowd that when we anoint people and it's, it's known and, and the word gets around, it'll draw tens of thousands of people back into the kingdom of God. And for to, let, to let somebody see the demonstration of the spirit of God when it moves upon somebody and they lay hands on somebody and they get up and they walk on legs that they cannot walk on and they begin to praise god when they have n- no lungs left to praise god when they start jumping up and down when uh, their their bodies are too frail to do that but god is able to do these things life will come back into people but it's going to take people like you and i to preach the gospel with the power and the authority and the demonstration of the spirit of God. And what if some don't believe? There's always unbelievers, and uh, but, uh, but it's, it's not going to matter because the people that are healed and saved and delivered and set free from the bondages of this world that you mentioned, when that happens, their lives will change. And like the woman at the well, they'll run and tell everybody, come see a man that told me everything I ever done. I believe that. I sincerely do, my brother.
0: Well, I believe it too. I believe that miracles always draw a crowd because it takes you away from sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. It, it proves the That's reality right. of a living God, and the Word of God is true. I mean, I could tell yes. you so many stories of this, and i uh, just yes. briefly mention one in, in Mombasa, uh, Mombasa. Kenya, a Muslim city, and I was holding uh, seven uh, days of revival meetings and and 20,000 people in a church. And uh, uh, one night, the Lord said, bring up the ones with tumors. I said, anybody with a growth a tumor, come up and line across here and bring ushers and mark them and get their names. And a 100 people plus came with tumors you could see. And as fast as I could touch them, they would fall. The tumor would disappear. Let me tell you, that draws a crowd and the usher yes, there does. with names, we are serving that same God, and it's for today, and you know it. This is what we need yes, to see sir. all through America.
1: Yes, sir. I know it's true. And, um, uh, I, you know, I have seven churches in uh, Kenya. Wow. Uh, out of, uh, out of uh, Nairobi. Um, my pastor there is Saruni Nasianta, or uh, uh, <laughs> Peter Nias uh, is his name in English. But he is a Maasai. And um, we, we had 16,000 people every day. And our meeting started at 8 a.m. and it, it ended at curfew, uh, which was 8 p.m. But we had people all day long. I, I prayed, you mentioned tumors. I prayed for the lady, uh, her husband was a minister of tourism in uh, Kenya at the time. And a tumor disappeared out of her breast. And when that happened, Uh, You couldn't control the crowd. I mean, uh, it was unbelievable, people praising God. And the next day, she brought not only her husband, who was the minister of tourism, but brought the president of of Kenya and brought all of his cabinet. They all came and sat on the front row. You know, I thought we were being invaded because, you know, the security guards came in first. (laughs) 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 And they, they don't look like our Secret Service. I mean, they look like they're meaning business. But they came out and sat on the front row, and it was it was just so marvelous, marvelous. And the people there, you know, Maasai's are not like um, most of Africans. <laughs> and, uh, the Kikuyu there in uh, uh, Kenya are not the same as Maasai. Matter of fact, nobody can touch Maasai. They're so uh, secret. Imp- but when I got one person saved, and uh, I got Peter saved in, in that service, and when that happened, all of a sudden, a miracle took place throughout all of the Maasai tribes, and Kenya and Tanzania, and uh, this area I know so well. They uh, revival just broke out. They, uh, they. I don't know if you have you. Did you get out to Prayer Mountain? Oh yeah, I've been. We we, we started a Prayer Mountain there, and people go out there and they uh, they just go out there and pray all day long and all night long, and they camp out and pray. It's an amazing thing. Uh, God is sending revival all over this world. I've been at Prayer Mountain
0: uh, there in Kenya. I've been at Prayer Mountain in South Korea. I speak yearly at the World Holy Spirit Conference. But uh, are you talking about the National uh, Maasai Convention? Uh, Were you at the National Maasai Convention?
1: No, I wasn't. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Well, I'm just wondering because you, you, you mentioned about all those thousand Maasai. And I know one year I flew in and and was uh, the speaker, one of the speakers for the National Maasai Convention. And it's just incredible what God is doing among the Maasai, the warriors of Kenya.
1: That's right. And they uh, they are unique. Uh, They are unique in in, in all of Africa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All of that. <laughs>
0: they still wear their traditional regalia. Uh, they used to be the warriors that have to kill a lion if they wanted to get married, uh, drink blood and blood uh, and milk together. I mean, tell you what, they are very unique. They used to be very resistant to the gospel. But there yeah, is they, a tremendous revival they, going on.
1: They they gave me a name when I was there. They were talking about, uh, uh, you know, they would always refer to me uh, to that. And I thought... I, uh, excuse me, just a second here. They uh, actually uh, gave me a name, and and uh, you know when I'd get up, they'd all say this this word, and I thought it was very complimentary, but all it meant was white boy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> white <laughs> the white boy. boys here. <laughs> you mean mazungo mazungo <laughs> no, uh, uh, no, it was. Uh, uh, well, I can't remember. I got it written down. So they sang a song uh, about me. Wow uh, wow I remember I remember the song oh wow and uh, they would they would sing that song when I would get up and I thought boy this is a great song it's got to be <laughs> you know what they I I didn't understand what a great sense of humor they have wow and yeah, I mean you never notice it by looking at them. but what it means is uh, we love Jesus and we think Jesus is wonderful but this is brother Ross and he ain't bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ladies ladies, and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio program. My special guest, Pastor Ross Collette. I'll tell you what, he used to be the assistant to A.A. A. Allen. He's, he moves with signs following uh, the reality of God, what God wants all of us to move in. Uh, we did not uh, get close to touching on what I wanted to touch. Uh, Pastor Ross, next week, same time?
1: Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes.
0: Okay, well... Not? We're going to do it again next week, so you tune in again, and you'll be listening to Pastor Ross Collette. We're going to continue on a Great Anointing and the Power of God. Great Anointing and the Power of God. I want to touch a little bit. I did three months on uh, the, the movers and shakers of the first and second great awakening, and and that applies today. How they lived, how they chased after God is how A.A. Allen did I'm sure how you do, how I do, and these people still move with signs following. Uh, thank you for being on the program, Pastor Ross.
1: God bless you, and I bless your ministry, and I ask God to give you many souls and many people receiving miracles.
0: Well, God bless you, too, and uh, attend his church if you're ever in Roseville, Michigan. Again, the name was Deeper Life Ministries. Go to my website, dot worldministries.org www.worldministries.org Click on Eagle Saving Nation. Subscribe. Help us get into the stadiums, the football stadiums, NBA stadiums. We need another great awakening. God bless you.